Hello, hello, and welcome back to Generation Slate, the podcast where we interview the Gen Z creators, innovators, and entrepreneurs who are absolutely killing it in their fields. I'm your host, Emma Havakorst. I'm a senior at Fordham University. I'm a social media manager and a Gen Z consultant. I'm also your stereotypical Taurus, ambitious, stubborn, and of course, severe chai latte addict. I've been blogging since I was 13, interning since I was 15, and doing school during the rest of my waking hours. So, yeah, I've been working hard over here, and I have absolutely no doubt that you've been and you are doing the same wherever you are, so thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen. This past week, guys, has been so long. I'm not even going to lie to you. Between searching for jobs and networking while doing school and the podcast, it can get super, super overwhelming, and lately my gut instinct has just been to, like, curl up under my weighted blanket and binge Schitt's Creek for the third time instead of working my way through my massive to-do list. But that being said, I've recently come to the wonderful realization that I am truly the only person who can keep myself moving forward, who can prevent myself from procrastinating, and who can make sure I get an awesome job once I get out of college by networking my little booty off. I hope that you all are doing well, or at least better than me this week, and for the sake of positivity, I'm going to assume that you are, because you can't talk back. But honestly, is it kind of bad that I kind of wish that you're somewhere listening to this like under your own weighted blanket and playing a little too much Candy Crush. I just don't want to be alone in this, you know? That being said, obviously, I want you to be thriving. So anyway, let's kick this thing off this week. I have absolutely no doubt that you'll adore the guest this week, Malik Mercier. So, Malik is a student journalist who loves crying, laughing, and chai lattes, so clearly we get along very well. He is a sophomore journalism major at Ithaca College and the host of This News on IGTV, where he reports on the passions and pains of Gen Z on the platform that we all love, Instagram. Most recently, Malik interviewed the CEO of Instagram, Adam Mosseri, at the Social Network's first media conference called Instagram Next. Over the summer, Malik was an intern and producer at ABC's new digital brand, Localish, where he shot, edited, produced, and reported a segment on JFK Airport's first hotel, the TWA Hotel, which is so cool. I personally have been absolutely dying to go. Uh, Malik is most known for hosting Instagram's coverage of the March for Our Lives in Washington, D.C. on the official Instagram account for 230 plus million viewers, which is an absolutely insane number of people to be watching your face. But of course, Malik does it so well. He continues to work with Facebook and Instagram on camera and at various events, And additionally, he has worked with Teen Vogue, Seventeen, Mike.com, DoSomething.org, and JetBlue. And, of course, he is excited, and so am I, to see him continue to emerge as the next-gen storyteller. 
Enjoy the interview, guys. I am so, so excited to have you on Generation Slay today. So just to start, can you give the audience an idea of who you are, where you came from, what you do? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Um, so I'm Malik. I am a journalism student at Ithaca College, and I just generally consider myself a student journalist. Um, and so um, I think I I got most known from hosting Instagram's coverage of the March for Our Lives. And so now I'm doing uh, a lot of digital and social work. But I feel like where I came from question is so interesting because in high school I was actually a drama major and so I didn't plan on doing journalism (laughs) when I was like 13 and 14 and thought I'd be an actor on TV and um, that so far hasn't happened (laughs) but um, but I think that it sort of led me on this whole path to journalism and um, I, I started working for airlinegeeks.com and doing video reports for them and so it was just like this sort of blog with high school students and college students that was all about the aviation industry and covering that and so that's where I sort of started um, with you know uploading things to YouTube and and writing about breaking news that was happening in airports across America and and then it sort of spiraled into getting to do more different kinds of work Um, yes that's I guess that's sort of where I came that's such a good question I love that yeah I mean I love asking people that because obviously I can google it be like, oh, you came from X city, you did X, Y, and Z, but that isn't usually how people describe themselves. Yeah. Explain where they came from and what their background is and how it correlates to what they do now is always so much more powerful than me just assuming and reading a bio. So I always make everyone be their own. <laughs> I love that. That's And, and I'm from Brooklyn, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if that was the question, that's so funny. If everyone answers it like that. No, but, um, but no, I think it, it, that's such a good question. I love that. Yeah, so I just want to start from where I found you, which is your Uh Instagram, right? So Uh on your Instagram, you say you're a next-gen storyteller. One, how did you come up with that title? Where does that come from? And how does that integrate into your work? And how does that connect with you being a digital and social journalist? Yeah, um, gosh, you're good. Um, (laughs) Um, yeah, so with the next gen storyteller thing to me, I think, you know, there's a lot of traditional ways that we do news. And I think for a very long time, it was you get your news by you, you either read the newspaper in the morning on your morning commute, or um, you watch the 630 broadcast with Walter Cronkite or Peter Jennings. And, um, and, and that was it. And, you know, I think that as we've started to get so many more new ways to tell stories and so many new storytelling tools. Like when Instagram stories came out, for example, I immediately thought like, oh my God, this is a perfect medium for journalism. Or at least as I started to use it more, I was like, wait a second, like it's called stories. Like the way people I thought would watch your stories more is if they were more in a storyline. So like, even if it was just about your day, you were getting up you know, showing that, then you were maybe taking the train, then you were arriving at where 
wherever you were going to. Then you were showing some of what you were doing. And then so showing that whole storyline, I felt, is what stories was meant for. Um, and so for me, it was about being like, I'm a young person and I don't necessarily, I know that people are going to start wanting news in different ways. And so, um, and I know that, that that medium is there now. So why not just be a next gen storyteller? Why not use these next generation tools that people are just starting to get on, um, like Instagram and, and even, I mean, Twitter, like the threads. And I mean, there are all these new ways to tell stories. And so I think for me, it was just about being like, I'm going to try to own this space and be someone who is is focused on using these new tools. And I think that's sort of what you know, brought me into the realm of digital and social um, because it it is so much there because that that really wasn't here for so long. Even Instagram is I don't even know if they're ten years old yet. I feel like maybe going on ten. Um, and Instagram Stories is even younger. For a long time, Instagram was just you know, sure you remember like just photos. Um, then we got video, and now there's things as great as IGTV. And so it's it's super you know just cool to be like using all the new tools to, to tell stories. And um, I think there's a real audience there. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And on the discussion of new platforms and new ways to tell stories, obviously, that makes it a perfect transition for me because I want to talk to you about the new show you have, this mm-hmm. news on IGTV. How did that come about how do you produce that how what are what goes into that because that is incredible being able to say like you have a news show that's awesome thank you oh um yeah so for me i mean I initially, I think when when Stories was around, before IGTV even came out, I was thinking like, you know, it'd be so cool. And this was before I actually started working with Instagram at all. And I just thought it would be so cool to be like doing something that sort of gave you the headlines on Stories. Because again, I was thinking it was made for news. And so I was like, you know, how do I, how do you do that? And so for for a long time, I thought about it. And then when Instagram asked me to host the March for Our Lives, it was just like, oh my God, that's like telling the news on Instagram Stories. This is crazy. Um, And NBC had the Snapchat show Stay Tuned. And so I was definitely looking at that and was like, how do I bring that to Instagram? How do I bring something like that? And I know that for me, when I use Instagram, I look at a lot of different, you know, locations, the location stickers. And sometimes if I'm just like, I miss Portland, like I'll go and look on Portland's location sticker and just see what people are doing in Portland right now. Um, and the other, the other, even for my show. Um, and, and so really just like looking and seeing what are these locations like when Nipsey Hussle died, right? His whole storefront in LA was totally, um, you know, covered in me- lovely messages from people, covered in candles, covered in people that were going in, and they were all taking Instagram stories. And so how do I bring all of this news that's happening on Instagram into one place? Because I really felt that's where Instagram was lacking, was that they have all of this going on, but there's really no consistent place to be able to see the news on Instagram and how it's unfolding on Instagram, because people are the ones, you know, it's user-generated content. People are putting news on Instagram themselves. And so, um, and of course, they're not journalists, they're just regular people. And so how do you bring it together? And so that's kind of what I wanted the show to do um, is to be showing what people were doing on Instagram. Um, And I think that I also wanted it to be very youth and I wanted it to be very like, you know, not what you see on the news in terms of like the the, the news (laughs) and I have air quotes. Um, 
but just, you know, I wanted it to be something that, you know, you would watch and like that I would want to watch myself. Um, and so I also wanted to have stories that were interesting to young people. And so I actually just re recently went to Seattle, um, Washington, and got to interview some young people who are being treated for gaming addiction there. And the World Health Organization just made gaming disorder an official thing um, in ICD-11. So it's crazy. And, and there's so much there to talk about and to interview and to, you know, have a discussion about. And all like so many young people play games. So just like figuring out how I can use these different topics that are, you know, really important. And then also bringing in, um, you know, looking at different things that are happening on Instagram in relation to the news. So still really figuring out, this will be episode eight that's going to come out soon on gaming disorder. And um, still figuring out how do I, is it better if it's shorter and I just focus on one story? Is it better if I do a combination of stories? Do I have like different kinds of this news um, that I'm thinking of. So it's kind of um, crazy, but exciting. Um, and I think IGTV is the perfect medium to try it on with the longer um, format and everything. And now you can post a feed. So it's, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know I think this is true, but I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Do you think that because you are young, because you are Gen Z, you have a unique ability to see these new platforms and see their potential for journalism and for sharing news and information more than, say, an older, more established journalist would? Yeah, I think that we, I think it's not only that we've been on the platforms younger, longer. I think, you know, a lot of people talk about that. Um, I think it's not only that, I think it's that we we get it innately because we've been on the platforms and, and we've been there through their rise and and we, we get it in that way. And, and we've been there for all the updates, right? I can remember when Instagram was just starting out and when no one really believed in Instagram, right? I'm sure news publishers weren't on Instagram. It was just your friends, right? Because, you know, you were just sharing photos with your friends and now it's gotten to everyone has an Instagram, every CNN has an Instagram, right? So they weren't on it. And I'm sure I don't think they were on it when I was on it in like middle school. So just I think I think that's part of it. But I think it's also that we actually care about the platforms. And we know that because our peers are on it, that they that these platforms matter to us versus adults, I think, I'm not sure that many older journalists care about Instagram or care about the, the using, care about the viewers there in terms of not everyone, again, wants to get their news in the same way. And I think when you're a news anchor and you're sitting on that throne, <laughs> right, of making a lot of money and, you know, you have millions of viewers potentially even if not, right, if you're in a local news town, you, you may not be concerned about because it may look like less, right? But what we know is that TV news viewership has declined and that, you know, Instagram and social and digital has rose. And and so that's that's something that I think, you know, we we get and we care about versus I don't know if it's that they don't they don't get it. I think that they're not trying to. I think that a lot of them aren't necessarily trying hard enough. Um, I think some of them just may not get it because they haven't been on the platforms long and it may be a harder, it may be a learning curve, but I don't think they're all willing when you have millions of viewers in front of you on TV that they're all willing to make that shift, especially if they're, you know, older and been in the business for a long time. I think that news directors even have struggled in getting older reporters to, you know, do an Instagram story in the 
field because it's just like this guy has been here for 30 40 50 years like why in the world may how do i force him to you know what i mean like you can't fire yes, him you know? <laughs> so i think it's just um i think it's it's very much a weird thing and then also that they're i think they're in a weird place because they i think they're thinking about money and Whereas I'm not necessarily like, oh my God, I need to make money from IGTV. Like that would be great. But I think all these companies are thinking about money. And when they look at IGTV and they look at different things that you can't monetize yet, they're just like, ah, it's not important, right? Um, right. Or it's less important. And so I think that they're thinking from a more business standpoint where I'm just thinking more story and thinking about my generation and that I care and, and all of that. Um, and I think they're upholding a lot of other things. And, and there's all these structures within these places that have been there for so long that are just starting to get social teams um, and just starting to create. Like I interned at Localish and that was ABC's first brand new like digital um platform for the local stations and so i think everyone's just starting to get all of that going yeah i totally agree and i mean i have to take a little side note right now but mm -hmm. any chance you follow the washington post on tiktok i don't i heard they made one though it's I so really need to get on there it may be my favorite tiktok account really oh my god i mean it's like not the best tiktok account mm -hmm. but i love the effort you know, yes. Yes. just one guy trying his best, making fun of himself and everyone else. It's great. I, I love that. That's so cool. And I think they should let like young people, like even if they're interning, I think they should let young people like run these like, you know, fun TikToks and you know what I mean? Cool stuff. I think that, oh, yeah. you know, not that older people can't do it, but I think there should be more of a crossover because, you know, I think it's just so cool. And these are the things, again, that we kind of get. Um, but that's awesome that they're doing it. I think that's the other thing. A lot of brands don't say yes. And in news brands, particularly, I think have a struggle being vulnerable and journalists particularly. But I think that, you know, when you say yes, I'm going to just post this to IGTV. I'm going to make a TikTok. I'm going to I'm going to go for it. It's a totally different thing versus being like, oh, we don't really know what we're doing. So we're going to take some time because then years go by and you don't ever make anything. Right. So Perfect. that's that's I think that worse than than taking a risk yeah absolutely and yeah just just check that out when you got a minute it's yes one else check it out too because it's it's <laughs> my fave um yeah so you mentioned at the beginning mm -hmm. your work with instagram now talk to me what yeah. do you all the things so with instagram um so first First, it was the March for Our Lives um, in terms of hosting the official account for them. So that account at the time had like 233 million or so followers, which is insane. Um, and so I got to take over the story and host it and um, sort of explain the March for Our Lives, and which was such an impactful moment and movement for our generation. Um, and I think that, you know, it still remains with continual continuous shoot, school shootings we just saw one this week or last week um you know it, it's just it's so sad and i think that you know getting to tell that story on such a big platform is so important and the fact that instagram wanted a young person to tell it really made me impressed with them because i think that a lot of places were just like oh like of course adults can tell this story and it's like these are adults that never had lockdown drills these are adults that don't know what it's like yeah. to be in high school all the time and to be fearing for your life and and all of that while you're in school and so um i think that you know having a 
young person tell these kinds of stories is so important. Um, and so I got to do that with them. And then the policy team reached out to me and I got to do some panels. They were like, we loved you on the official account. Do you want to like be on a panel for, um, for like, it was about bullying and how, you know, you tackle bullying on the platform and how you sort of stay state safe online. Um, yeah, yeah. They were doing a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. With, um, 17 magazine and um, and there was another one too. There was like a parents event that they had when they released a brand new like book on, um, yeah, yeah. That one, I, I moderated the panel for that one. Wait, that's so interesting. Where was the bullying one that you were on? Both of them, both of those were in New York city. That's I know so was- interesting. I was on a student bullying one in New York city, like, uh, not this past summer, but the summer before that. That's really so interesting. Yeah, Asia Mayrock was on it with me too. I'm sorry. I'm oh totally my god, I love her. I know she's amazing. No, she's. I'm gonna literally tell her. Um, that's amazing. No, um, you you <laughs> both should know each other. I was gonna say yeah, she's usually on them, and she's so great and such a champion for not just bully anti bullying, but um, women's rights and just you know quality and so many things. I love her. Um, but she was also on it with me, too. That's, yeah, that's why I, like, thought that that was the case. And I was mm-hmm. like, wait, there. I know you weren't on my panel, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is a Mandela effect situation. Like, why? Was it an Instagram one? No, mine was Facebook. Oh, that's so Don't cool. That's interesting. Anyway, sorry. Keep no. going. Yeah. <laughs> Um, No, so yeah, that and like getting to do all of that was so fun and getting to moderate my first panel for the first time and, you know, having the COO of Instagram at the time, Marnie Levine on it and, you know, experts and someone from the PTA, Colin Robertson and Robinson and just so many amazing people um, and getting to speak with them about things that impact us. Um, And so that was cool. And then um, I also got to meet with the news team at Instagram and they invited to the online news association in texas and austin which austin is so nice oh my gosh um (laughs) please go to austin um but no they it was great and like i got to moderate a news panel there and the head of cnn social was on it ashley kodiani and i love her and so really getting to meet so many people because of instagram and then recently the most recent thing i did with them they had a very cool brand new first ever, first of its kind Instagram media conference. And so they invited about 300 news publishers, mainly like social editors that run the Instagrams or at least run social in some capacity. And they um, had me interview the CEO of Instagram on the stage, which was just crazy. Um, And so it was super cool to get to talk with him um, and to have like a first, I guess, big, especially in this tech space, like interview, um, Felt very much like Lori Siegel, who's covered this for CNN for a long time, but just very, very cool. Um, and so, yeah, I've gotten to do a ton of stuff with them and Instagram. It was called Instagram Next. And so I think that really that next gen vibe is so there. And I think they know that um, young people are who Instagram's for. And I think that these social editors are thinking about how, you know, to do that, how to how to market to us and how to share things for us. Yeah, I mean... That's definitely correct. And I'm just always, I'm always so impressed by Instagram and Facebook because they do a lot of really good work with young people, with giving them voices, with choosing really good ones to represent. Yeah. 
they just do a really good job and I still don't think that they get enough credit for it um because it's awesome yeah I know. I, that's what I was saying like with the march I wish networks thought like oh young people should be telling the story it's just so crazy to me that Instagram and Facebook are really the only ones in this tech space that really think about young people in that way and that, you know, we should be able to share our voices. And and, and I, I've even said on one of these panels, like when I'm on Instagram, I feel like I'm on my voice, not like I'm on my phone. Um, right. And I think that that's that, like it, it really is a great way to amplify the thoughts that you have and, and to to share them in a really creative way. So. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so before we wrap up, because I still have. <laughs> Mm -hmm. a bajillion things I want to talk to you about, but we're running out of time. Mm -hmm. I wanted to get your thoughts on how you throughout the years have found and created your own opportunities, whether that's, you know, working with Instagram, doing the, um, the takeover for the March, being a next gen storyteller, creating this news on IGTV, like all the different things you've done. You've either, been able to find and like show yourself for those opportunities or you've created them for yourself and I think that that's really powerful and I think that's kind of a roadblock for a lot of people and not understanding how to do that or how to make the decision to create your own opportunities so I just love to hear from you kind of that process I guess if you understand what I'm saying it's kind of a vague topic but yeah, I totally do. And I think, I mean, I love that question. I love this question so much just because like, I think it is a roadblock for so many people and it is so hard to be like, how do I, I think a lot of young people go into spaces thinking this is the way it's done. So I have to do it this way. I have to yeah, be super absolutely. professional. I have to dress this way. I mean, I was that way too. Like, you know, they say you need to wear suits to a news station. They say all of these things. This is what impresses people. This is what's important. And then it's so funny. I remember being at HLN, which is CNN's sister station, shadowing a correspondent and I wore a suit and she looked at me on the side and she brought me to the side or something and like, just says to me, never, never do this again. <laughs> and I was like, it's like, wait, what did I do wrong? I'm like being such a good boy. Um, and she's like, you you don't need to wear a suit. You're not a news anchor. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I'm like, wait, you're mad at me? for? I'm, it was almost this moment of like, wait a second. I thought this is what you're supposed to do. Um, and she was just like, no. And it's funny because I really don't like suits. I really always felt for the most part uncomfortable because I think unless you can really afford to get it super tailored and beautiful, like it's really not great if you can't afford the full, you know, thing. And so it's just like you're kind of oversized or kind of small, whatever the deal is. I think for me always like oversized and just uncomfy. And it was this moment of like, whoa, she's like, come your best, dress your best, be as like, professional as you can but don't you know try to be something that you're not like you're not 50 years old you're not you know what I mean you can dress how you would dress just do it in a way that I guess is business casual or whatever comes across to you as like how you would show up to HLN right and this like it was also not CNN right HLN is a little more social a little more fun especially at the time um and so it wasn't, you know, super necessary, I guess. And I think there are still people who will be super impressed by you wearing a suit. But if you're in all of these meetings uncomfortable and and just doing things for other people, a lot of the times I think that's how you wind up not creating your own opportunities because you're sort of just showing up 
the way expected, right? So you're not going to stand out. And so why would they choose? You know, I think for me, a big reason Instagram chose me was because I stood out. And I mean, when they, Alina, the producer, just asked for like a ton of accounts that were, you know, had journalist in it or student journalist or whatever. And she went through thousands of accounts. And I would have gotten looked over had I not been sharing my work, had it not been good, had it not been interesting. So that's asking for critique all the time, sharing your work, not being like, oh, this is my first stand up, so I'm not going to share it your first stand-up should be bad <laughs> or not should be, but it just like, it doesn't have to be. Super, yeah. It doesn't have to be perfect. Exactly. It doesn't have to be super good and it's fine. And it's not that, Oh, because it's not good enough for whoever's standards, I don't need to share it or because it doesn't look like Anderson Cooper, I, I shouldn't share it. It's like, no, if you made a mistake or you, you know, had fun, or you, you know, did something cool, why not share that? And so I think it's consistently sharing the work, asking for critique from mentors that you trust that you can get better, um, emailing people, cold emailing. I remember seeing um, a news anchor on like the train, no, in, in CVS and just like being like, oh my God, do I like stop her? It was weird. She was on the phone. I was like, oh my God, that's Tamsin Fidel. And so I literally just like, I tried to re- find her. I tried to f- follow her and like stop her, but it just was weird. And I was just like, oh, this is so awkward. I can't stop her. I don't want to like, you know, rest up her phone call. It was just really awkward. So I went on the train and just emailed her right then and there. She wrote back and I got to come visit the station and they literally put a picture of me on TV. It was so fun. Because like, like they were like visit the station and this is so cool. This kid met Damson, and I think you know that's how you get those opportunities. It's not from the same ways all the time. Sometimes it is these really creative things. Like if I'd be at ABC and would have like the opportunity to go to the cafeteria closest to the news and closest to David Moore and the correspondence, or closer to Disney. Obviously, if I'm interested in news, I should make the farther walk to the cafeteria that's where all the journalists are. And then I ran into Rebecca Jarvis and then got to have a meeting with her and she became super helpful to me. And so I think that it's really about being like, I, you know, and even just one more thing with AirlineGeeks.com, they initially were only a writing site. And so I would just write. And I said, no, I want to be on camera. And it was me buying my own karaoke mic from Amazon. with my summer job money and um, and just buying a cheap mic, mic flag that said airlinegeeks.com and literally it didn't even fit the karaoke mic. It was so awkward. And going out to the airport, that's like, and just making it and being like, here you go. I want you to upload this to YouTube. Like, otherwise they would have never been like, Malik, we're going to buy you a karaoke mic. We're going to let you, you know, like it would have just, it would have just never happened. And so I think a lot of times you do just have to go for it, um, no matter what, you know, the the normal thing to do might might be, because you're not normal. And that's like, I, people say it all the time, that's your power. Um, and that's what makes you special. So embrace that. Don't, don't not embrace that. I, I love all of that. Thank you so much because that was I mean that's it's so powerful to hear especially from someone who's succeeding at such a high level at Mm -hmm. our age and hearing that from someone who's your peer as opposed to probably a lot of adults within your industry who are telling you no you have to do x y and z and this is the path you have to follow and then by the time you're 40 like this is the level of success you'll achieve Mm 
Yeah. So being able to hear that there are alternative paths and you can create those opportunities for yourself is so important and so cool and so powerful. And I really appreciate you sharing all of that. Thank you. Me too. No, it's, I think it's important. And like you're saying, I think it's, you know, whenever young people sort of help young people out versus hearing it from adults, it's kind of easier, I think, to understand and to be like, okay, I'm just going to do it now. Right. Um, So unfortunately, we're out of time, which makes me very, very sad. But maybe at some point, we'll have to have you back when you do your big career thing. And then we can make it all about that. Uh, because I love talking to you. I'll I'll come up with another thing to do just for Generation (laughs) Slay. Please do. I love it. Um, But before I let you go, please tell all the people everywhere where they can find you online, where they can reach you, all of the things. Oh, my goodness. Um, I am at Classy Malik, M-A-L-I-C-K, on Instagram, Twitter, um, Snap, um, just all the things. You're more than welcome to follow or find me and DM me, and I'm more than happy to, like, help in any way that I can. Um, It may take me some time, but I always want to be there, so... Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much again. This has been absolutely wonderful. And you are the best. Thank you. You too. Really appreciate this. And you should be so proud. Congratulations. to this week's episode of Generation Slay. Make sure to follow us at Generation Slay on Instagram and Twitter for updates and motivation, and check into Insta Stories on Fridays for takeovers by our guests where you can ask questions and get amazing answers, or even get a sneak peek into their daily lives. Please make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so that more people can see the show and can hear the wonderful insights and stories that our guests have to share. In the meantime, always remember... Failure is proof that you're trying and putting yourself out there, which is more than a lot of people can say. You're really doing great. Happy hustling, and I'll see you next week. Bye!